Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Monday, the 4th of the June, uh, abbreviated program after a Yankee win in Detroit. They have another game coming up, so we'll get to that as we'll have the regularly scheduled game of the, you know, of the doubleheader. Uh, but, you know, we have a little time here between games. We've got a couple hours to play with as the Yankees, you know, they, they're playing a Detroit team that has not been that bad of late. That really is only three games on the 500, which is a lot better than people thought. But when you're going to put Severino on the mound in game one against a pitcher who doesn't belong, and they did, you're going to get the kind of game you got. Three Yankee homers. Romine stays red. Hot almost homered his first time up. Missed by an inch. And then hit a bomb to left center field. You got Bird homer. You got uh, Torres homer. And Torres will play short in the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, so the Yankees keep hitting homers. Severino keeps winning. He gets his Major League tying ninth win. The Yankees lead the majors in homers with 93. They keep winning, and they'll try and come back in the second game in a little while and try and make it a double dip in Detroit after getting rained out again, which has uh, kind of gotten to be pretty much par for the course for the Yankees this year. Uh, they've been rained out probably more than anybody in baseball, but uh, they keep winning, and they keep winning away from home in a very big way, uh, and the Yankees uh, do what they do. They had to get Chapman up, but just for one batter in the ninth inning, got a little uh, tight there, and the Yankees are 7-4 winners. Uh, Severino is as good as there is right now. He is that good. You know, you're going to slot him in right behind the likes of Scherzer, uh, and Verlander on the major league level right now. Uh, he's been that good, that consistent. In his last 44 starts, he has allowed one earned run or less 24 times. I mean, that is ultra consistent today. 112 pitches uh, and an effortless performance uh, for him. Gave up a, a run in the first on a Cabrera, uh, a Meggie uh, double, RBI double, which I believe was his 1,655th. Think about that. 1,655. 155 RBIs. I mean, that is a career uh, as he goes through those, the latest stages of that career. But uh, Severino, an easy day today, and the Yankees uh, get ready for game number two. Mets, mercifully, and that's the only thing you can, can say, mercifully have the day off. After what was just an awful, just head-scratching, awful, anemic, brutal weekend series against the Cubs. And I've always felt Madden's a little bit overrated. I think people fall in love with him. He likes to use a million guys. He likes to move things around. He likes to, and I've seen him have many bad days in the postseason. So I think he's a little bit overrated. He absolutely schooled Callaway this weekend. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable how bad it was. Every move backfired. Every move he made went, just everything he touched turned to goal. Everything the Mets did was wrong. And the Mets who cannot hit, Right now, and have got to get people back. They're going to get Frazier back tomorrow. And this is a week where the Mets will be under some scrutiny because they're going to see the Yankees on the weekend. So they will, everyone will be paying attention right now. They can't run and hide. They'll be very much in the limelight, especially when the Yankees come to City Field Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And the Mets have set their pitches up the right way. It looks like it's going to be 
Uh, DeGrom, who continues to pitch in the toughest of luck and did again with another brilliant performance. Mats, who was very good and deserved far better, although he was part of the reason, but again, far better with how good he was. And then it looks like it could be Syndergaard on Sunday night. We don't know that for sure yet, but it sounds like it will be on Sunday night. So they'll have their best on display against the Yankees uh, come this weekend, the three night games, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Big weekend in New York, of course, because you got the Belmont Stakes. Uh, you have all that to deal with. And uh, just a couple of miles away, they'll be playing baseball a few minutes after we find out if Justify is going to become a Triple Crown winner. So Queens will be uh, really bouncing on uh, early Saturday evening uh, in a couple of days. So we have that. But here's the thing with the Mets. There's a couple of issues here that are just, you know, have to be confronted. Number one, the Mets got to figure out if Cespedes is hurt or not hurt. You're hearing rumblings now. I've heard them that people aren't happy in the organization with Cespedes. But whenever you play this game that you're going to now wonder if a guy's really hurt or not. Or is he taking his sweet time to come back? You open up Pandora's box because if he comes back and rushes himself back and gets hurt again, then it's I told you so and he's going to be grumbling and he's going to be upset and they forced me back and I wasn't ready. And So it's always a fine line you're playing there, but you can tell there is a lot. You heard it from Sandy the other day. The manager gave him a tweak. Sandy gave him a tweak. You've heard it, the little, you know, the scuttlebutt, hey, you know, this has taken an awful long time. What's going on here? We didn't think it was that serious an injury. And they desperately need him. I mean, when you see their lineup, did you see the lineup they put out yesterday against against a good pitcher, against a quality pitcher in Leicester? I mean, a guy that obviously, you know, is a really quality pitcher. Did you see this lineup? Nimmo, who I know everyone's in love with Nimmo, one thing. Nimmo's numbers against lefties are Awful. The guy's hitting, and if you look at his career, he's under a 200 hitter. This year, he's 6 for 37 with 18 strikeouts against lefties. That's not an everyday player. But look at that lineup. And then you got Batista, okay. Then you got Bruce, who hasn't done a thing all year, and you got about him third. Then you got Ploiecki back up. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And then you go down the list. I mean, one's worse than the next. And they, you wonder why they can't score a run, and they can't or get a hit. Well, do anything. I mean, it's the most anemic lineup you've ever seen, especially against left-handed pitching. And it showed up that way where the DeGrom game was painful. And yesterday, more of the same. You saw a sack fly on a ball that was a pop-up to second base. I mean, it's just gotten one. And then you watch Callaway, and I have. And you sit there and say, excuse me, do we need an interpreter here? First of all, if he said focus one more time after the game yesterday, I mean, he must have said it 52 times. And then all of a sudden, here's a guy who has been here all of 45 games and is now telling you that the players he has really are having trouble handling the pressure in New York. Really. We know that already? I mean, he is, he's, we now know that that's part of the problem? First of all, we know they can't win at home, but they can't win anywhere right now. I mean, let's be honest. They've lost four straight, eight of ten. If you go from when they're high watermark early in the season with the great jump out of the gate, they're 16 and 29 in their last 45 games. You know, I mean, so from that standpoint, you look at it and you say, hey, for the season, they've played 57 games now. They're three games under 500. In the last 45 games here, 
They're 16 and 29. So this season, if they had ever played 500 out of the gate, this season would be long over. That's the only reason it's not yet, but it is now moving to the point where it's very, very close to where it's going to, you know, there'll be 10 out before you know it, the way things are going. But you get the idea that there's these long-winded explanations about focus and about maybe we have to go back to fundamentals and maybe we have to do this and maybe we have to do that. And we don't have meetings here and then they have meetings. We don't do this and then we do that. So you're getting a first-year manager who clearly, and let's be honest, if you're Miller Huggins, name any manager who's current or any manager ever. If you're Joe McCarthy, you are not winning with this group that he's put out there right now. So we know that. But it just seems like he just seems very unsure and with the most bizarre of explanations where pitching changes have become a little strange. How he handles the bullpen has become strange. Where he, what he decides to do with his moves during the game have become strange. So this is a manager who right now I think is having a very tough time navigating things. And this is a tough week for that. Your team's, you're wondering about your best player, which is Cespedes. How do I get him back on the field? Your team is really unraveling in front of your eyes. The media here in this town is no fun. And now you got the Yankees who are going to storm in and, you know, see if they can just bomb you out of the ballpark three straight nights with their, you know, pitching with their power bullpen and all their power with their 93 home runs. And the way the Mets are hitting right now, that lineup looks awful scary. So it's going to be a week where everything's about comparisons and everything's about look what we have versus what they have. Look what they have, and that's, that's what you get this week. That's what this week is about. It's always that way. And who knows, maybe the Mets will have a big weekend and you know, they'll be able to you know, kickstart their season based on that. We've seen that happen before. We've seen Met teams, you know, crawl into that series and play well. It's happened. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen in those series. That's why they're fun. And I, for one, have always loved the series. I like that there's six games. I like that there's two, three game sets. I like it better. And I love the games. I've always gone to the games. I rarely don't go to two out of three. This weekend's going to be tough because of Belmont, but I'm trying to figure it out because they're just getting back and forth even from there to there is hard this weekend. Getting across Queens on Saturday will be hard enough. But the point is, the games still, ha- ha- they still fill buildings no matter what. And right now, the Mets couldn't fill their building unless the Yankees were there. They couldn't do it. And it'll be interesting to see if they even can fill it this weekend the way things are going. Because, all right, they're going to get a couple of days here against the awful and underlined awful Orioles. And let's be honest, the only team that could make the Mets look good right now are Bucks Orioles because Bucks Orioles right now, Machado aside, are just hideously bad. I mean, they just can't beat anybody, and we'll see what they happens when they take on the Mets. But the Mets situation right now bears a lot of watching because people are starting to look at the manager a little, a little strangely. People are wondering about whether the Mets can figure out exactly what's going on with their big player, who they desperately need back. This team, more than anything, needs to write Cespedes' name into the lineup card. I don't know why Bruce isn't hitting. I have no idea. I don't know why Conforto's having the year he's having. I have no idea. 
But they need Conforto, and they need Bruce, and they need Cespedes, and they need Frazier to give them a middle of the lineup that they can at least live with and give these poor pitchers some support. Because if you look at what's going on with DeGrom, the best thing that happened to DeGrom the other night was that Conforto actually hit a home run and kept him from getting another loss when he pitched his heart out again. I mean, what's going on with him this year is virtually criminal. That's how well he's pitched. And this four-game set was as just ugly and as, you know, it really just exposed them for what they are right now. And that is a terrible club that has nothing going for them. And their pitching hasn't been bad lately. Their starting pitch has been pretty good. Their bullpen, as we know, has been mostly toxic. Their starting pitching, though, hasn't been bad the last time around. And Grom's been great. But they can't even win the starts when DeGrom's there. So how are you going to get anything done when you can't win when your best pitcher's on the mound? But they can't even generate any offense there. So while the Yanks are flying high, the Mets will limp into this week, but hopefully with some reinforcements and hopefully have their pitching ready where they're going to put up a good fight this weekend because that's what we want to see. We want to see a good fight this weekend. We want to see a good neighborhood brawl this weekend with the... Bombers who are doing what you expect they would do this year. And they're not perfect. They got some own issues, but they have a tremendously deep, incredibly long lineup with some wonderful young players. Torres today getting his 10th home run. Obviously, what Judge brings, and they haven't even had everybody on, you know, full drive this year. Stanton, Sanchez have sure had their struggles. Now they got Bird back. And then, and, even what Romine's done is just eye-opening this year. So we got a lot of baseball to get to. We'll get to the NBA Finals, where the only conversation after Game 2 already is who's going to win the MVP. Who cares? I mean, does anybody have a hard time identifying who the outstanding player on the court is? No. So the only question is, from a marketing standpoint, can you afford or does it even make sense to give the award to somebody on the losing team? That's the only question, because if not, just then give it to him, because we know who the best player is. The question is, can you live with the marketing aspects of having a guy from the losing team and win the award? If he can't, then just give it to somebody on the Warriors as we get to 2-0. That was the game last night that I envisioned when I didn't want to see Cleveland play Golden State. That was the game. Not game one, which obviously we all know should have ended differently. But game two, what you saw last night was exactly... Cleveland having no chance to shut down. And I know everyone went in that game last night and said, boy, what a performance by Curry. Well, you know, that's why, you know what, you got to do a better job watching the games. Because the problem last night, and Curry made some wonderful threes and exciting threes in the fourth quarter when the game was already over. Went from, you know, 11 to 20. The problem last night was they had four guys in Durant, Thompson, McGee, and Livingston, who shot 28 of 37. That's 76%. You can't beat a team that does that on their home floor. 76%, those four guys shot. Because Cleveland's defense is invisible. Then throw in nine threes when Curry got hot in the fourth quarter. And you have yourself a one-sided game as we... Hope that there's a little life left in that series in Game 3. We'll find out if there's a reason to watch after that when we get to that. But first, plenty of baseball, a little uh, NBA to throw in, and we'll do all that before we take you back 
out to Detroit for game two after a successful opening afternoon for the Yankees behind their star pitcher uh, and uh, some Yankee power, a 7-4 win. We're back after this.